0: them back to the what the folk Sunland review show it was a relatively different afternoon to the one I think most of us were expecting as Sunland played really well and ran out comfortable 3-1 winners over Stoke City at the Stadium Light um look the last few weeks have been heavy and whilst we'll no doubt get heavy again at some point during this podcast it's certainly nice to have a bit of a, a chinwag about just a good performance in three points because ultimately like it's kind of what matters on a Saturday afternoon, isn't it? I think in a lot of ways. But um, to join me is three men. Uh, you're fully used to well, maybe not fully used to. First and foremost, uh, Ross Black. How are we doing? Are you okay? All right, mate. Yes,
1: I'm very good. And as you say, it's been a um, it's been a rough month on it or two, with things. And today was, it was good to be in the stadium, enjoying what you were seeing, for for a nice change. And second half was. I I really enjoyed the second half, the whole performance, and the I just enjoyed my day for the first time at the stadium light like for what feels like a long time.
0: I've gone full Phil Foden at Euro twenty twenty, uh, or twenty twenty one as it was. So I've definitely had my midlife crisis. So the the month has been tough, uh, really tough. Brad, uh, how are you, mate? It's been I feel like it's been ages since you've been on, but I don't think it has been, mate. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um. It's been pretty much
2: the same amount of time as you have. <laughs> I was on last week. Was
0: it? I don't know, mate. Honestly, yeah, these weeks are I'm blending into each good. other.
2: Um, Yeah, I'm good. Echo what was says, really. I thought the second half today was more enjoyable than we've had for quite a while. Um, So we'll go into a bit bit better, a bit further. But I enjoyed... I Yeah, I just enjoyed the game, really. I mean, first half was a bit meh. But second half, I just... I, I don't know. We just seemed like we we're getting forward at pace, and that's what we've been used to for the last 18 months. And it was more back to what we what we enjoy, so yeah, feeling really good.
0: Yeah, it was nice. Uh, Lee, it feels like it definitely has been a while since you've been on this show. Obviously, you've got your own, which people have been tuning into, but uh, we speak every day, so I don't know why I'm asking how you are, me, But let's pretend we don't. How are you? You're all right, it's
3: <laughs> probably the best I've found in about three weeks, to be honest. Um, is that why I... you're back? Is that why you it um, I just as just to echo what the lad said, I thought we played particularly well today, and really really happy with the performance. And gave credit where credit's due. I thought the team played really really well, and the game was comfortable in the end.
0: Yeah, I agree, hundred um, percent. Ross, it's the same question as we always ask right at the start, but it was a really comfortable afternoon, and like it, if you take out everything that's been going on and um, the kind of heavy conversations that we've had. And and rightly so have had, and look just at the game today, be it the players putting in performance, be it the manager um getting it tactically right or whatever it may have been, today was just back to what it should have been like, um, which is totally not what I expected. We've had a couple of hours to like sit down as it would be with you and sort of um think about the day and the result, whereas I've had those couple of hours on the train to sit back and think about what happened. In the game, um, now you've had a few hours to sit down and assess what was happened. Like I know you said you, you're you relatively happy about it, but how are you you feeling now? You've got time to sit back and assess what was just nothing like what I think the afternoon any of us expected in a, a really good way, if we're honest.
1: Yeah, I feel like that ninety nine percent of people were asked on the way and the ground what the what they were feeling. I think a lot of it would be dread. Me and Brad had a pint beforehand, and we were like this could get toxic and violent there today if we go 1-0 down. I feel like that was the the consensus between the whole fan base, but there was tweaks tactically and the formation was different today, which helped us, I think. And also, I do think Stoke were a bit shit, um, <laughs> which it was also, especially in front of goal, they did have chances, but both teams had plenty of chances and we were more clinical, which... <laughs> <laughs> to say that after what we've been basically slating them for for not taking the chances, not having a striker finishing them, you know, it, it just it just all seemed to come into place today at the least expected time, and when, let's be honest, everybody was expecting it to go, as you've said, the other way, so I am really happy, I'm really happy with getting the three points on the board, just to, just to settle it down more than anything, because we just needed that win, and It was good to see where the goals came from today. There were three players who probably all needed a goal as well for different circumstances. And also, at the same time, we got a win, but it also hasn't papered over the cracks because people could still see, even though we won and it was a good performance, we still have some glaringly obvious gaps. So I feel like it was if if we could have picked a way to win today and also show the hierarchy that we still need reinforcements going into the next week then I think it
0: couldn't have went much better if I'm honest yeah honestly it's not the podcast I expected to be doing but I think um I would like a board and a manager and a set of players and the wins to be completely happy but ultimately the priority thing for me every single weekend is that Sunderland win a game of football Um, and we've done that and and done it well and the players have played well uh, I don't know about you, Brad, but today's performance really reminded me of like the 3-1 win against uh, Birmingham, I think it was, and also Norwich, I think beforehand, we just put away with good attacking football, a relatively poor team that didn't really lay that much of a glove on us, maybe Stoke had a few more chances than those teams had, but I never felt like we weren't winning that today, and I thought, if I'm honest, if we really went for it, we could have probably put four or five past them at some point, but um, yeah, I mean, much more of the kind of performance we were maybe used to under the October, September times under Tony Mowbray, which I think, you know, ultimately is not that you want to replicate it, but it's a bit more like what we're used to, Brad, isn't it? It's And that, that's probably the most pleasing aspect.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there was a lot of good individual performances today. Um. From players, especially who became who came under a lot of flak, who's been taking a lot of stick lately. Um, so yeah, I mean, every, everything about it. I think. Look, I'll I'll not say that it was outstanding because if Stoke had a striker who could finish the dinner, it might have been they got the first goal. Um, but we stayed in it. We didn't. We didn't really give them clear cut chances. I would say we limited them to a one or two little ones and it was massive whoever got that first goal and look, as soon as we got that first goal and I've said it, I mean, take a switch out of it, I said, I can't see us losing the game this season when we go ahead. Obviously, we've only done it once Um, and once we got that first goal, I just, I just thought it was comfortable. Um, the, The most pleasing thing about today for me and I've said it already is how quickly we managed to get from back to front. We weren't afraid. Of getting at the getting at their defence. I mean, I, I love the bloke, love him a bit. Linda Gooch. Um <laughs> I'm glad he's not playing right back for us anymore if that's how he plays. Because
0: I, I said that and I love Gucci, and I really don't mean this, Gucci, and I'm sure you wouldn't have done this on purpose. But I said today, Brad, Linda Gooch played the way Sullivan supporters should play against Sullivan. So like my respect <laughs> has gone up from even further. So uh, I don't think you meant no purpose, Gucci. Of course, you're a professional and always have been. But uh, yeah, he had a tough time with party today, didn't he? Yeah, I mean,
2: it's it's partially down to their their setup as well. I think they're the only team this season that haven't doubled up on Jack Clark, and it just shows you what he's capable of when when you don't do that. Because I thought Clark was excellent today. Um, I mean, back to Gucci quickly as well. Bless him, he did make up for for the Stoke fans. He assisted their goal, didn't he? So. He didn't want to make it look too obvious that he wasn't doing it for them. Um, But yeah, I'm just happy overall. Like Ross said, it wasn't the performance where you go, oh, we've got a cracking team here. There's still a few little bits that we need to, 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 to fill. But I'm happy. Stoke weren't great. And they're the type of games we've seen us lose in the past. We have seen us lose them. And we think, how have we lost it? I, I go back to Cardiff at home. There's one. Um, Huddersfield. Games like that way, just like, how on earth have we lost it? And we are capable of it. But equally, like the two games you touched on, and I said, it was a bit of a reverse to the, to the Preston game for me, where first half we blew Preston away. And then really nothing happened second half. I thought, until the goal, not a lot was happening. But second half today was where we came right out and got at them, and they just couldn't live with us.
0: Lee, I think this, and people are going to go, Grim, he'd be negative, but like, I'm not going to go, we've had one really good win where I've been happy. um, And suddenly, like, everything's fine with the management and, and all the other stuff. But um, look, we like to be as balanced as we can. Um and also give our opinions and we we often argue up between ourselves in the group chat. Me and Brad's already had a Barney day already. If anyone's wondering about it, um. But I think no matter how you look at it, Lee, whether you want to give Bill a chance, you think you know the players are, are shown more. You think that we need to move on and forget what the board did with the Black Cats bar, or, or you think we should you know absolutely hammer them every single week and they should be questioning every single decision they have. As a fan, and also maybe the team itself, who I don't think we've lost any love for that much recently, how much was that just required for the club as a whole, no matter what you think of whoever in whatever position? like How much do you think that was required? Just a nice, comfortable, lovely 3-0 win. A yeah, 3-1 win,
3: even. It lifted the mood around the place. Because as you see, a lot of people went into the, the game feeling dread of what's going to happen. And... For the way we played, especially second half, it just lifted the whole like the whole place. You know, there's yes, there's still a lot of work to be done, but it's a start. It's a start of like hopefully it's a start and a turn in the right direction of where we want to be. Because I thought it'd be a banana skin today. I'm not gonna lie. I thought it'd be a banana skin because I watched thought last week and I'm very very unlucky against Birmingham. So I thought if they can come out if they come out against us now and they get an early goal, the place would go under. But we was when we were still the early pressure, and especially that goal bang on half-time, It the mood changed instantly. Let's say, obviously, it's the whole cliche, goals change games, but the goals just before and after half-time, as soon as them happened, they just, there was a feeling of joy, going, oh, now we're going to win this game here. So everybody was happy around the place. And I'm not saying anything's been forgotten, it hasn't. But um, it's safe. What, the most important thing is what happens on the pitch, ultimately. And you can't grumble at three points. And I think everyone's come away from the game happy, but with still questions to be asked. But, you know, by the by that. But and the scene, yeah, I thought I lifted the mood around the place. And it was people were happy, which everyone should be after three points.
0: I think um, there was one thing that was nagging at me a bit, and maybe it shouldn't have been, I was thinking what's Bill gonna say after this? Is he gonna like? it's it gonna be all about him and how he's lifted and how strikers have scored? Rusin scored and Abertos scored under him. Um, and I honestly like. Look, I'm I'm not on the train of. I like Michael Bill. Let's be honest about this here. But um, I thought he's. I thought his interview was good. I think he needs to start building some kind of bridge if he's gonna be here. Um, I mean, my personal hope is he isn't. But if he is going to be here, because it isn't my decision, he needs to throw. I think the cliche would be an olive branch. And whether I believe it or not, what he said on, in the interview about the fans, it's a start. A good performance followed by some nice chat about the fans. It's that easy. It's that easy. Not that was, to mess stuff up.
3: That was my worst fear when I was walking out to the ground. I thought, he's kind of mad. It's all about him. Mm-hmm. Because after uh, obviously, He's bit back of what criticism he's getting this week. Rifle criticism, by the way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like people overreacting. No. And I thought he's going to come out and make this all about him, but he didn't. He did exactly what we've been asking him to do for weeks. and he put. When you're a manager of a very, very young squad, when it goes right, you put everything onto them. When it goes wrong, you put everything onto yourself. And he did exactly what we've been asking him to do for weeks. And it wasn't his LinkedIn garbage that I normally pulls out of his mouth. It was... Of a person who's maybe took a back seat and had a thought and gone, maybe I was out of order. But as I saying, it all depends what happens next. It's a start. It's not a turn circle or anything like that. It's a start, a hopeful turn circle, if that makes sense. I think it's only fair if I dig out the stuff that he does that isn't great that I also
0: praise, even if it goes against my better nature of wanting to not really praise him, that he... I thought his interview was really good. Ross, I'll move on to you next. You've got the the non-short straw here. You've got the opposite of the short straw. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's a euthanism or not. Are you? I don't know. I know what word I mean. Long straw? Long straw, aye. Uh, long straw. So, I think there's a lot of good performances today. Um, as we know the rules, you get to pick one player and then the other person can't pick them. Who are you taking for your, your praise? I think there's a lot of people you could pick today, to be honest.
1: Um, Abdullah Bar for me, yep. I think the last two games he started, he's made two assists and a goal, so three assists and a goal, and two starts. Um, he should never have been taken off against Ipswich. Um, which seems to, by the way, I did laugh when I seen how she has just been banished, but he reckoned he was ill but I thought he'd been put in Beale's dungeon or something. Got the um, sniffles. Got the sniffles. Nah. Are
0: you indicating Michael Beale has a dungeon? Because that's a really messed up analogy because you've put the <laughs> wrong ideas in my head now. Like <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably not the best words to use, but... Um, Editors, edit, edited, edit. Aye. Edit. He's still stuck under the bus, That so might be able to throw him under, but at the same time, but he'd give us width, <laughs> peace. He was really good, and he played a bit more advanced. It seemed to me like we intentionally put Clark and Bar narrow, but higher, and it worked. Um, defensively, leaves us a bit scary, but in an attacking sense, that he was really good. And what I really enjoyed about Bar's performance today was I feel like he does some stuff a lot of the time where he gets some positions, and then his final ball is just absolutely horrific, or it's like he. It's so he gets a nosebleed and just like, oh, what do I do? But the day his goal was took really well when you consider some of his misses, the one against Coventry, you know, to have that composure, keep it down, put it in. Then the assist for his leap, for burst towards this. He's got a hell of a leap on him, to be fair. I'm doing like you, you forget it. you're forgetting. He's not the tallest, but he can jump. And then the, the goal pulled it back really well. But also there was one stage where we counterattacked, um, And it looked for everybody was shouting, put it in for in the box. But he had like three defenders on him and he actually got his head up and he just picked out Clark on the edge of the box. And Clark probably should have hit the target better. But I thought like that just summed up how good his game was today because he's getting his head up, his decision making is better and his final products getting there. So he's one of them players with Abdullah where he's so frustrating because you know there's a player there and you know you can do it. It's just about getting the consistency out of him, and hopefully now this is a start of a run the team because he's gonna get a game in that position unless we go and somehow manage to fluke sign an Ahmad, um until Roberts is back and it's He's got to basically show us now that he's ready to start consistently
0: and contribute this season. You know me; I'm not a data led man, um, but I did see a good stat today about Abdullah and. I haven't double-checked it and triple checked it. The person could be completely lying, but I think it probably works out. Outside of Jack Clark, I think he has got the most goal contributions per minute. I think he's got a goal contribution every 160 minutes that he's played. Um, which I think is something like that. I'd have to check it, but it's really good. Um, that's decent considering it feels like he's only played really well since he came on against uh what came on in the FA Cup. But um, yeah, i 100% agree. Uh, I think for me, uh, the player I'm gonna pick, I'll take this pick. So sorry, Brad and Leaf, I've taken your next pick. Uh, I think I speak about him every week. I thought Jack Clark was unplayable. Um, I was speaking to some Stoke fans on the train back, and all they could say was, "God, he's good," and it it felt nice for people to be saying like our players were good again. I know we know he's good, but I thought today he was like frighteningly good. Um. I love Gucci, which I've touched on before, and I've always felt that Gucci had enough to offer Sunderland and we shouldn't have got rid of him. It made him look like a League One left back today. Eh, right back, sorry. He had him on toast. He absolutely tortured him. um, And that's Clark, yeah, he's best. So for me, Jack Clark, 100%. Brad, eh, I introduced you in this way, so I'm going to have to leave Lee last. He's not going to have a difficult choice. So plenty of good performances today, but... Roscoe's tuck, Abdullah, I've tucked Jack. Who are you taking, Brad?
2: Um, see, it's funny this, because in usual weeks, I'm I'm scraping the barrel, line um For me, I, I, I'm going to go with someone I think I've heard a lot of people say was good, and that's Jensen sealed. Um We all know how good defensively he is. And we say, look, he is a centre-half playing out of position. But if you were watching him for the first time today, you wouldn't have thought that. You'd have thought he a right back. His positional sense was really, really good. And I think that goes with what Ross said, where the two further forward are a little bit more narrow, which allowed our full backs to get by them. Um because going forward he was he actually looked quite good as well. There's a couple of times he got down the wing and he's just putting balls in. Um his little flick over his head where he knocked himself out. <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought that was a, a really, really solid right-back performance today. And I know people have, obviously, there's been a lot of talk and chat that have saying, well, we should put him centre-half and put all 9 at right-back or all 9 into midfield and mix it up. But if Jensen Seal can play at that level of performance, <laughs> there's only Pembele, really, who's going to come in at right-back to take his place. And with how I've seen Seale play today, and I think... What was the game before Rotherham where he played well? Was it Hull where he played quite well? Um, possibly, I think it was that one. But I'm getting more and more impressed with him and I can start to see why he is so highly rated. Um, he's a unit, he's a big lad, big boy. And if we do, I mean, Michael Beale said in previous weeks he, he he might go to a back three at some point. And I think that's where we are starting to go. We will end up going with a back three. And he'll go to the right-hand side of that. And I have no problem with that because I think he's really good. And I, I I don't know what it is. Well, I think he just got a lot more confidence because he wasn't just going wide with the ball. It looks like when he gets the ball into his feet, he, he looks like he's gliding with it and he was coming into the middle. Like we've seen what Trey Hume was doing earlier in the season, stepping into midfield and getting us forward. Yeah, I thought it was just an excellent performance from him. Um, and look, he's worthy of his place.
0: Yeah, I thought Jensen was really good. Um, and I've got to be honest and say that no matter where he's played, every time I've seen him, I've been really impressed. Um, thrown at the Wolves a little bit in the game. He came on against Borough for his debut, but I think a lot of the time he's been good. And you can see he's grown in confidence. And the kids, very good at reading the game. Um, I'd love to see him in centre-half. Lee, we've took probably, I think, the top three performers there, but a lot of good performers today. Uh, anyone that we've missed that you think deserves a
3: show? I talk about him every single week and you get a little bit of unfair criticism but I thought Dan Neal was fantastic today in the number six world.
0: I ne- he's, I mean, ne- he's
3: never bad, is he? Nah. He's an absolute exceptional footballer. He is. He's matured so much in a year. I was talking about the lads where I sit with and he's not, when he's receiving the ball with his back the goal in our own final third off the centre-backs, he's not doing these stupid stuff he was doing last year where he was like giving the ball away. And he was giving free kicks away, and there's no surprise today due to the tactical tweak of putting Daniel in the number six. That I released Pierre and Pierre Aguilar's had his best game in months, but I don't think Pierre Aguilar plays that well without Daniel playing as well as he did. And he's gonna be, he is gonna be some footballer, and he, he is, he's, he's fantastic. I, he's, I think, he can play as a six and an eight, but in the way we play, he's still playing better in the six than he than he does the number eight. And um I thought he was brilliant today, Daniel. I think do you I still
0: talk about just, uh, leaders on the pitch as well, like um, I know he's wore the armband once, but the way he plays is just like total leadership. Um I think there's a couple of shouts out as well. Um Nine clearing off the line, first half. I think he didn't do too much wrong. I thought Trey Hume had a good game today, again out of position. I thought Ekwa was much improved. He's He's not a defensive midfielder for me. I've kind of dug him out a bit recently. I think it's quite obvious he's better further forward. Um, And it would be wrong of me to say that Mason Burstow didn't have a good game today. He made the runs before his goal. His goal was a proper goal for a striker. Um, There's no one at this football club that wants to see the strikers fail. We all want to see them succeed. Um, And whilst I've not really been impressed by what Burstow's done prior, delighted that he got his goal. And I feel like I've gone to the full 11 here, but like Job deserves a shout as well. He's been looking like he needs a rest for a while and he was he was really good today. I don't think there's anyone on that team. I've missed Ballard out and patel Um, Ballard was brilliant today, I thought, as well. I thought the whole 11 was really good.
2: And Hume's tackles was, again. There was one in the first half where he, he stayed as the last man from a corner. And he just flew through there, lad. And I think that got the crowd up again. Hume was just...
0: Craig Hume again love the block yeah same absolutely adore him um, look it was it was not all positive today and we still have listener questions to come the good the bad and the hum. I get the feeling this might go longer than half an hour um, if you're listening to it you can just check to see if this went longer than half an hour um, at the moment we don't know But uh, I said before, me and Brad had a Barney. Uh, It wasn't really a Barney. It was a discussion that we always have, uh, like adults that we are. We're not. We're children. Um, We're literally doing a podcast with three other men. I'm nearly 40. About another 11 men that kick a ball about a pitch. Um, I'm a child. So (laughs) Arch Pritchard, um, the whole situation could have really derailed the day. I think we're all gonna have different thoughts and views on this. I don't know this necessarily, but I think we will just based on what people are chatting as they're going over the game, what's people said on um Twitter and whatever social media platforms you use. But I'm gonna go first my opinion on it, and then I wanna get like a quick snapshot of what your views are as well. But I'm I'm actually really reluctant to criticize Alex Pritchard. I've got to be honest on that. And I know that's maybe not the popular opinion, but I've I've got to take the bullet for that and be honest. But I'll give you a bit of a thought process behind sort of why. I do see how people can be annoyed and frustrated by the fact he's basically said he isn't available to play when he's fit because it's not a million miles different to what, say, Alex Neil did to us last year and going elsewhere when he's employed by the club. Jack Rodwell and all that kind of stuff. Um, First and foremost, my thought process on that is, it's slightly different situations, especially in Jack Rodwell to Pritchard. Um however, we've only really heard the club side so far. And I have to be honest and say, I'm not able at the moment to put my trust in Beal, um, Kill Louis Dreyfus, Speakman, or all the hierarchy after the sort of recent months, and I mean choice of manager, the things that have came out in the press, the stuff they did with the club that we've gone over and over again. I don't need to um, talk about it. So I think in this case, I'm not saying Alex, uh, Alex Pritchard's right. I'm not saying the club's right. What I'd like to do is I'd like to think it's only fair that I hear Alex Pritchard's side and get a clearer picture of what has happened here in both sides of the argument and then give an opinion on it. But I'm aware some people may have already made their opinion on it, be it either way. So I've gone in this order first and foremost. Ross, Um, I've given my thoughts on the Pritchard situation. Where do you stand on it? Are you similar to me in that you want to hear Pritchard's side or do you think um differently?
1: Um, I think I can simplifies them on the fact that he clearly wanted to leave in the summer. The club basically replaced him with two number 10s, three number 10s of your class. They're the forgotten man, Bradley Dark with Oshish and Job. And then he stays. He didn't really get much game time from Mowbray, let's be honest. So if he goes to Birmingham, I'll be even more flabbergasted about the whole situation. Um. And then he has started. They were still not going to offer him a deal. And then they seem to have offered him a deal last minute. So if he wanted to leave, which it sounds like he did in the summer, going off what Nick Barnes is saying, um, then fair enough. I think we should have let him, if we said we could let him go the summer, and we're not going to offer him a deal that's better and he can get that any elsewhere, then I think, fair enough, the club should probably say, yeah, leave. But I also do think that you're under contract to Sunday Say you're preaching that you would have stayed if he was given a better deal. According to Sky sources, that's what he's saying, that's what his agent or him's telling that. So again, it's mixed messages, but I think he he would have had a lot more sympathy from the whole fan base if he put 100%. To me... He's on a corner out Sunday, I say, for the next six months, no matter what, unless we get rid of him in January. So if he's fit, he should be playing today, in my opinion. He should be at least in the squad. I feel it's a bit of a a bit of a red mark on his name, and Pritchard's always give hundred percent for summoned. He's always done really well, but it does I can see people's annoyance at him. And I I kinda did feel a bit annoyed today because I was thinking like when we're in a rut You've, the fans have never like you know what I mean on the on the field the fans have never once criticised Alex Pritchard really and they've always given him 100% support and I just feel I just think it's in football in general if you're under contract it's okay to express your will to leave but you can never refuse to play if you're fully fit and able to do in my opinion I think that's just a personal view on football I think it will just depend on what people think about that Um. But yeah, it's either way, it's a mess from both sides now. And it's probably best. It's best. I think it's probably best for the club, best for Alex Pritchard, best for everyone now that he leaves before Wednesday. And we use his departure and wages, whatever money we get from him, to then strengthen the areas where we need to. Because today we looked good with Job in the 10, battery and Equa further forward. And if it means a run in the team for Barr when Roberts is back as well, you've got two wingers. I think as much as I really like Pritchard and I think his experience was massive for us in games we've seen recently, as, l- as long as experience or ready-made players are brought in, I think it's it's time to go for both sides and nobody
0: comes out of a long will at the end of the day. Brad, obviously, we discussed it when it first happened and it first came out and I know at the time you, I think we're both the same, Brad, and we're both quite passionate, hot-headed people sometimes that give our opinion straight off the bat. Uh, you've had a few hours to sit down and think about it. Has your opinion differed on it? And, and if not, uh, what are your thoughts? Because obviously not everyone's privy to oh, our WhatsApp conversation, conversations and I'm talking like they are. <laughs> Which is kind of the, the not, not really the greatest thing from my side, is it? But there you go.
2: Um,
0: my opinion's pretty much
2: the same, mate. Um, following the news, I listened to Nick on, on BBC and... Said basically that he'd asked to leave in the summer, Um, that didn't materialise. I think that's because no one was willing to come in and pay the money that would have probably asked. We weren't willing to let him go for free. And we, there was a couple of players like Danny Bart. We still got a little fee for him, and I think no one was willing to pay, so he stayed. Um, Like was said, there the fans have always got behind. There was a point where he wasn't even in the team, and we're in a little bit of a rut. And he was, I think, he was on the bench, and we're all singing his name. And then he came on, he knew how much the fans thought of him. So, to then say he's not available for selection, he wants to leave, stinks for me. Like, I get it. Players put transfer requests in, players say that they want to move on. That's fine. But respect the contract that you've got with the club that have been paying your wages on the contract that you have signed. He not like, it's not like we we've stopped paying his wages or all like that. He's agreed to this contract for this length of time. Look, tell them yesterday, look, I want to leave, make this my last game or whatever. If you can get us a move, just let us let us move. But to then refuse to play and drop us in it, really, because he's meant to run the experienced players around the place as well. So that's a young squad looking at one of the more senior players. It was basically just shit on them the the day the day before a game, leaves a sour taste for me. Um, I did say it's for me, very similar to the Alex Neal thing. You're employed by your club, and there's no reason why you can't be there on match day to, to to offer your services. Um, but then when you what you're saying, Graham, that there is two sides to it. But what what can he say that's going to make you think? Oh well, he's in the right. He's refused to play a game of football for the team that employ him, and the fans that pay money to go and watch him. So I, I can't understand. We've we've started, we have spoken the group chat, and we're just going over the ground. But what can he say to come out now and say that would make you think? Actually, yeah, that's fine. Because nothing he can say for me would accept, make me accept the fact he's refused to play a game of football for the team that currently employ him.
0: I don't know what you could say, but I'd like to hear what. His viewpoints are, and I, I don't want to assume anything, but there's a lot of pressure on professional footballers, and especially ones that are like don't know where the future is, and I'm not saying this isn't. I I don't know, but I don't know if like the has got to the point where you know, his mental health doesn't feel great or something along that line. I think we've seen him gesticulating and stuff like that and I'm not saying that it might just be a case of he just didn't want to play because he's just pissed off with a hierarchy and if that's the case then okay and I'm summarising but I think this is why I just want to hear what his thought process was behind why he felt he couldn't be available to play for the club, whatever it may be and then I think you make the decision from there I think I'm a big Pritchard fan as a a person that's played for the club. He got the assist at Wembley for Roscoe's goal and a big big fan of him I think I always knew that his time was coming to an end I think if it's just a case of he wanted to get a move so he's just decided not to play and that is his reason behind it yeah I can probably edge a little bit more towards
2: he's got history for it there's a reason the Huddersfield fans boo him yeah down to for them
0: I think I want to hear first and foremost his thought process behind it before I make any judgement on anyone's character um, and I'm not saying I'm right or wrong that's just where I'm at with it and I think a lot of that also comes down to the fact that I, I'm based in what's happened recently not 100% certain I can trust anyone that would be in a position of giving their part of the story so far but we're going to go through listeners questions good and the bad and the hmm, but I don't want Lee not to have his say on this as well because it, it is an important thing um, it's something that we couldn't just ghost over in the in, in the podcast. So just before we go into the second part here, Lee, what's um where are you sort of standing on this this Pritchard thing? Because there's three fairly differing opinions. Maybe Brad and Ross agreeing with each other a little bit, but differing even there. Um it's gonna create a lot of different opinions, what's yours?
3: It just puts it puts an asterisk on your Sutherland career. I mean he was a very, very important part of what's going out with League One. Then you could arguably say, especially towards the back end of last season, it was a very, very important part of us getting in at the playoffs. And yes, we only offer him a one-year extension, which, from a business side, you'd understand. And you don't really blame anyone if he's getting off of double his money in Turkey for on a two and a, on a two two and a half year contract. You don't blame for doing that, but you do it in the right manner. But what's in the back of my mind is what happens if this all falls through? What happens if he's moved to Birmingham falls through? What happens if he's moved to Turkey falls through? Does that mean he's not going to play for the club for six months? It's, you do things in the right way. You've had players before who haven't wanted to be or have got moves lined up. The most obvious one in back my head is Darren Bent or Aston Villa. And he never refused to play for the club. He played, against the, he played against the Mags on the Sunday a blank not very well. But he still, put his boots on, went on the pitch and played. And you've had past experiences of when we've turned down big money moves for previous players, looks like so Phillips with Leeds and Jones with Liverpool and we've never, ever, ever, they've they've never refused to play for the club and you should never refuse to play for your football club you contracted by. Because the end of the day if we all went to work and we went, Oh, can you match this money that we're getting elsewhere? And we they turn on it own you, well, I'm not going to come into work tomorrow. You'd get the sign. I know football's different, but I don't know. It just, it leaves me with like, there's that's this question I say, what happens if this all falls through? Like, what happens if it all falls through? Does he just refuse to play for the club for six months? Or does he come back with his tail between his legs and go, sorry, because you're never going to hear the full truth regardless. There's going to be a lot of things that even up between the club side and Pritchard side, but there's going to be a lot of gray areas where, the club will twist their side of the truth, and Pritchard will probably end up twisting his side of the truth. I just don't know. I, refusing to play for the club doesn't sit right with me, but I also don't blame him for try for wanting more money elsewhere on a more long-term contract, especially being at the age of thirty, where the the part like the stage of his career he's at. Yeah
0: different opinions. I think a lot of people think different things, but we're going to go into listeners' questions because some really good ones, uh, funny ones. I've enjoyed the snail question last week. I know you're here for the footy chat, but you're going to get the silly question chat a bit as well. But um, catch you after the break. There'll be the good, the bad, and the hmm, and five, uh, ten minutes' worth of listeners' questions to extend it a little bit. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening so far. Seen a bit. welcome back to part two um i'm going to pretend we've not just had a five minute interlude discussing um the scent of our own backsides uh, after we've ate protein and similar levels of um, different foods that make us smell like something has died inside of us and we're gonna move on to football related questions brilliant uh something that We've been doing for a while and we've enjoyed it. So we'll pick a couple out because there were some good ones. We'll put up the silly ones in there as well. Uh, It's good for a laugh. I know sometimes people just like 40 questions and that's fine if you do. But, you know, we do loads of 40 stuff in here as well. And sometimes we just like to have a laugh. Um, Ross, I'll I'll fire one at you. Uh, This is a pretty good question, I think. There's a fair few ones that have been good, but I do particularly like this one. What is the worst style choice you've ever made outside of obviously what you're wearing right now? Oh, I dunno. I've had some shockers. I've I've
1: infamously with my friends, uh I once when I was like 17, 18, got like a full like brown shirt with a black leather jacket and more of that to the races. Uh and looking back at this, I look like uh, if you got John Wayne off wish. So <laughs> I'd say that's the probably the worst style choice I've ever made. Um, I also thought I was cool back in the day and had like some grey Nike high tops. Remember high tops? Yeah. And I used to tuck my chinos into them, thinking and walk around thinking I looked mint, mm-hmm. and uh, I was
0: tragic. Like. I've had a lot, and there's absolutely no chance I'm going into any of them. But I think you've only got to look at this. And you can completely understand the absolute horrific style that I've had. So we'll move on very fast, Brad. I thought this question was decent, to be honest, um, and thought out as well. Uh, I don't know whether I, I, I don't, I don't even know if he's indicating this, but if he's indi, I, I'll ask the question. You know what, bother it. Um, first and foremost, and this isn't a gaslight our fan base as emotions run high. I've just been brought up to look at myself first when the shit hits the fan and ask myself, could I be doing better? Could the fans have behaved better since Beale's appointment? That's actually quite a good question. Isn't um it? the way he's put it across is actually really smart, and I think that it's from John. I think it's I think it's good that.
2: Yeah. Um fair play, John. Um possibly. I think. I don't know. Uh, people had a, 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 an already like a the the
0: oh man, how do I word it? You can't take the passion out of something that you obsess over. Like I said before, I know I made a joke, but like I'm nearly forty and I, I talk about eleven men running about on the pitch and get myself like in, in a fettle about it and get myself like super happy when we just put the white thing in the net. And I know football's so much more than that. I know so much more than that. But like I do it and we do it and people listen to this and people listen to other podcasts and people go to the match because you care so much. And when you feel like someone's like really disrespecting you, you get really annoyed at that thing. And like I still haven't let go of the David Moyes level of disrespect. And he's probably the only manager that I've felt similar with since we've had him, um, Beal to, to Moyes. And I I guess so, I, I guess I know what he means. Like, could we be less could we talk about his? I don't know there's comments about like he's mole and all that kind of stuff, and I, I I do kind of get that, but I think it's all born in in passion and stuff, and maybe we should just comment on the things he says and the things he does. But I think a lot of people do. Um, but I think it's a really good question. And it's tied. It's probably quite easy to tie up, and not trying to answer it. I think the answer is yeah. maybe a bit. Yeah, people have prejudged him.
2: Look, because either he's an unknown or they're saying that he failed at Rangers where really he shouldn't have failed because he had a good side there, ultimately, because it mm-hmm. proves, like... But in my eyes, from how I prejudged him, obviously, you know, me and you follow Rangers, so we knew what he was all about. Um But I think a lot of it for me comes from the fact, and I was staunch about it, I didn't want rid of Tony Mowbray. Yeah. So unless it was a big name for me, I think I was going to feel a little bit meh. And I think when he first got a point of Graham, I, I did say, well, he's here now, let's just give him a bit of a chance. And then I think it's just all sort of like, it, it didn't look like it was getting any better and it snowballed. And then his comments and things like that. And it's sort of like, I, I jumped on the bandwagon and I was sort of like... <clears throat> Once you've gone there, there's a, a staunch outer. out there, as we're known as. It's sort of hard to sort of go, actually, are we taking this a bit far? you just got to stick at it. But I agree with you, people. You're always entitled to your opinion in football, but it's how you put it across. And I mean, I, 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 I said it on BBC Newcastle the other night, didn't I? Um, I think a lot of it is because he's came in and no one wanted him and it's coincided with the whole carry-on with the Black Cats bar and the Mags game. And there's a lot of frustration built up and it's just it's just been all directed at him.
0: I, I think he's also said stuff, like the outside noise comment is, for me, really offensive. I don't think, I've read somewhere during the week from someone that wasn't a Sondland fan that it appears we jump on everything he says and nothing he can say is right. I don't agree with that. I don't think that's correct. I think we listen to what he's saying and can understand what he's getting at, and it's bloody annoying. To me, the answers, I said before, maybe a little bit. I think actually, no. I think fans are entitled to be as passionate as they can be. I think maybe, oh, you know, the comments on his mole and stuff like that, but like, you know, I call Ross a ball shite. I don't mean it. Like he's a bad guy because of it and that kind of thing. And maybe we should be better at that if we're going to go into a re- really deep sort of chat here. I feel like we're going probably far too deep into it. But I do think Beale has made a rod for his own back with a lot of things that he said. I don't think he's been helped by what's happened with the club. But I don't feel like he's separate from the problems. I feel like he has been part of it. Which brings me to another good question, Lee, before we go into a massive therapy session about, like, you know, how. Words can hurt and why why we react the way we do to things. Um a bit more of a football related question here. How many games does Beale need to win to turn the fans back around? A
3: hundred. <laughs> um just keep winning the next one. That's what I'm gonna go with. Because there's no point putting a number on it because because he's been compared to him. Phil Partinson and that very very good run when he stumbled across our three four three system, which ultimately saved his job for that season. And he came back the season after, and we all know how that went. As long as he, I don't think it's, I think it's the matter of performances because we don't we like I say our CEO team win, but we don't expect to win every week. We're realists, but like we're passionate. We want our teams to play well, but we're realists. You can't win every single week. As long as the performances are fine, and you see the club try, the team trying, trying to get on the front foot, and he packs in his gobshite, um, antics, and what he says in his post match, in press conferences and all that type of stuff, and we pick up when. We do well and we get ourselves, ourselves in the playoffs. I think fans not exactly turn round and go, oh, he's the man for the future, but maybe give him a little bit of the respect that he is demanding, if that makes sense. But you can't really put a number on how many games you can win because you can go and win 10 games We go get the next 10 games, go and get beat in the playoffs, come back in August and it could be as equally as bad as what the last month's been then the fans will just fall right back on themselves again?
0: I think the answer I'll keep to that one really simple because I thought about that when I read the question on the train on the way back. Um, What Michael Beale needs to do as a whole, today's a very good blueprint if you can do that on a regular basis. If you can put in that kind of performance, give that kind of post-match interview, then it'll go a long way if you can do that.
3: Agree i agree with
0: that. I can take not winning. That's not a bother. It annoys the life out of me. But I can handle it. I'm a Sunland fan. We can all handle that. We've got character in abundance. Um, what we don't like is being talked down to, being told what we think and how we're acting. Work with us, not against us, because we're much better together as a weapon, as opposed to being against us. And I think today if I'm looking at it in total isolation, and I'm certainly not a Beale inner, and I certainly don't think this has made my mind up, but to answer that particular question, get your team performing like you did today on a more regular basis, whether you win the game, whether you lose the game, whether you draw the game, give us some sort of style and understanding of what we're doing, and then in your post-match press conference, speak the way you did today. And I think that will go a heck of a long way to fixing a lot of the issues that he personally has faced. The rest of the outside noise, i.e. not the fans, the stuff that's happening within the club, he can't handle that. That's not up to him. And that is outside noise. And I can appreciate that. That's not something he can handle. He's just there to do a job. So the answer to that question for me is, and I don't mean winning, but a lot more of today performance-wise and also in the way that he spoke after the game. That'll help.
2: Yeah, I mean, mine, just quickly jump in there. I think I've just put in the group as well. I think for me, to get a lot of fans, not everyone, back on side, would be to get us into the top six as soon as possible and keep us there rather than just dropping in and out. I think you'll see a lot. Look, we might drop into seventh because of a game being played before ours because we're always getting changed to flipping Sunday at dinner time, aren't we? But if it can get us into the playoffs and then on a good run to keep us there, I mean, playing some good football. Beal Madrid. We might be harried.
0: There's uh, actually the police outside, and that's them coming for... I don't know if everyone can hear this, but they're coming for your horrendous pun there. Uh, We've got two more. I'll give one to you, Ross. And then, actually, no, we'll go with this one more, because I think this is probably quite important. We haven't touched on it, so no pressure, Ross. And then we'll go into... The good, the bad, and the hmm. And then I want you all to make one transfer prediction for a player that we're going to bring in before the deadline window. We're going to try and do a deadline day part. I'm not going to promise anything because you never know what's going to happen, but we would like to do it if we can. Uh, but Ross, I think this is a really good question from the German Black Cats. Great set of blokes, Martin and all that. Lovely people. Uh, what do you think about the meeting between Sunderland, the Black Cats, um, sorry, the branch uh, liaison committee, and Red and White Army and the meeting minutes. Do you think it is acceptable, Ross? The way that um the when you read it, was it acceptable to you?
1: Um the Altman statement by the Red and White Army was fantastic. Superb. Absolutely superb. Um I think there probably is at this moment in time there's only so much Red and White Army can do apart from put the question questions to the club and the was involved. What I will see is now we have now got it in writing that they are going to do things or change things, and it's now up to the club. And if the club don't do it, then they've went against what they've promised or said they would do to, to the fans. So it's 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 still wide open for me. I think the red of my army have been probably pushed aside by the club and just used as push offs at times. But I thought the questioning was very good. It was very strategic. It put them in a position where they couldn't just go and fob it off. They had to... And the answers they had, to, they basically have got to go back it up. They can't just get away with it this time. Um, so we want to keep an eye on. But also I'm glad the club didn't just fob it off because it could have been quite easy for them to fob it off the way they've done things lately. So at least the club have actually went to these meetings and had the dialogue. And they have set themselves have put themselves up to say, look, this is going to happen. This is going to this is an investigation, whatever. Again, it could be interpreted as a lot of waffle and a lot of you know just keeping appeasing the fans. But now, it's
0: in black and white. <laughs> Ironically, so is the black and white bastards. Same, mate. You, you set that up absolutely perfectly. But uh, on didn't mean it's on to it's, it, it, it's, it's minute. That actions are going to be taken.
1: So it's up to the club now. Do you you know what I mean if they don't, then more than serious questions will be asked, and that's when the I think it'll turn. But it's just a wait and see until the next meeting or whenever it is. But at least it's now in writing that things are going to be looked <laughs> looked into. lol. Um. But yeah, it's it's up to the club now. Prove it. <laughs> you know, actions speak louder than words.
0: I think people are probably sick of me saying this, but um, just people moving into the good, the bad, and the, home, uh, the Yeah, I, I just can't for, forgive what they did. I can't. And I've tried to like move on with it, and I just can't. And I don't think... And I think reading the minutes, a lot of it felt like didn't matter what it was going to say to me, I couldn't forgive them for that. And for me, a lot of the answers from the club were wishy-washy, but... Let's look for positives. As this one's trying to be a bit more positive, I thought the opening statement and the questions from um everyone involved that wasn't on the club side and trying to push these questions forward, did as best as they possibly could. Um, and I really thank them for doing that because yeah, I'd rather it would be difficult uh, for me to do it without wanting to tear strips off them, and they've put it across in a really good way. But for me, I cannot forgive what happened, and I know people might disagree with me on that and say, "Get over it, stop being a baby." I'm sorry, I just can't. And it's going to stay that way, I think. Um, The good, the bad and the hmm from a win, though, because let's not have no negativity as much as we can on this one. Uh, Good win, very, very happy. So I'll go with my good first. um, And then I'll make a transfer prediction at the end with all of us. One player that we think we'll bring in. My good today is going to be Mason Burstow. He's a player that I genuinely thought probably wasn't that bothered about being here. Um, didn't think he was ever going to score a goal. I thought he played really well. I thought he took his goal really well. Showed that there's something there. Maybe why we brought him in in the summer. But the big thing for me and the reason he's going to be my good is the way he celebrated. That was proper passion. That was relief. But also, I'm delighted that we won uh, and he scored. And I like that. I just like that. It's a simplistic thing, but I'm a fan of it. And Ross, what was your good today?
1: My good today was Pierre Equa playing as an advanced midfielder and showing us what he can do when he's not pigeonholed as a number six and seeing that lovely little bow that he does when he scores. I like that. I'd like to see that more.
2: Right. Mm. My good was seeing Chrissy Wigg come back into the first team. And getting the run out. And I'd only said it about, oh, what do you mean, about a minute or two before the guy next to me. I think this is the perfect time to bring Rig on. Not like when he came on against Southampton when it was like, it was 4 0 or whatever. It's 3 1, was comfortable. Get him in, it's a little bit more competitive for him. And I think his first few touches, he got us on the break, really quick. Him and Jack Clark linked up. So I think, yeah, seeing Chrissy Rig back out there. Um. And I think we might start seeing a lot more of them now.
0: Yeah. Good point. Please mention it. Did want to mention it before, so I'm I'm happy with that. Uh,
2: another off the off the thing good one, quickly. I don't know if you've seen at the end, but it was fantastic. The only save Anthony Patterson, apart from the safe first half, the biggest save he had to make was when referee blew the full-time whistle and Dan Ballard volleyed one at him for about three yards and he tipped it over the bar. <laughs> what a save that was, by the
3: way.
0: <laughs> Reactionary always alert. Lee, uh, what's your good?
3: After the last two or three games, the fluidity and the speed of, how, of where we attacked Stoke. And I thought it was a massive change what's come the last three weeks and long may it continue.
0: What's my bad? Art oh, juice this week and I like that. Um. Ah, oh, yeah me bet missed out by one yellow card I mean that's crap isn't it you, you don't want that Um, I got everything right but I missed out by one yellow card so I cashed out but I got like 130 and that was only because Ballard got that book in at the end which I still don't know if it means he's suspended or not Uh, Ross what's your bad how we
1: played against a team who literally couldn't score on a brothel with a diamond cock and then we managed to gift them a goal with just an absolute calamity of lack of communication. So yeah. Just really annoying that we didn't get the clean sheet and that was the way we conceded it.
0: I forgot about that. Um Brad what was your Brad what was your bad that's poet and I didn't know it.
2: Um, seeing Lyndon Gooch in a, in a different strip to Sunland, yeah, that lot like I, I know he had a hunger, but that broke my heart. Um, yeah, see, just seeing him playing for a different team just didn't feel right. I thought it was a bit, shit.
0: yeah, just odd. I love Gooch, I think he should have just been in the, the stands with us to be fair. one. Lee, what was your bad? We've took all the good <laughs> bads that were available, I think. The good bads? What, what am I talking about?
3: There's one more. There's one more. And there's... It's, it's been piggy because I thought they were alright to do But how the linesman couldn't give a corner when Pierre Egwa had that shot in the first half when he had an open goal and it clearly hit the store player. Yeah. And went out for a corner and he gave a goal kick. After standing there for 30 seconds and watching the whole thing and still give a goal kick. And he knew he'd be he knocked up because I've never seen an assistant referee run for that far back down the line as much as he did after we give his decision.
0: Maybe that like Port fan was chasing him.
3: The, he knew the stick he was going to get. So he just darted off back at of the half, really. If
0: anyone hasn't well, seen the Port Bale fan chasing the referee yet, like, it's horrendous. But also, kind of shouldn't be funny. Like, it's bad. Look, I know we grief refs all the time, Like, but don't chase after them. If anyone's listening, don't chase after a ref because it's just we poor.
2: Have, we'd have no supporters left in the ground if after every bad ref, every indecision, we had a fan chasing after the
0: ref. I just want someone to. Uh, I just want it's someone to like.
2: the commentator for me. That's the commentator. There's a fan on the pitch. He's chasing the ref. There's a fan on the pitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> somebody's put the Benny Hill theme tune on it as well and it's outstanding
0: I want someone to dub it with uh, you know Monty Python run away, run away, run away anyway um, my hmm is probably a bit of an obvious one but today's felt good like this has been a good podcast, I've enjoyed it it's been cathartic in a, a way that I maybe didn't expect when I went to the game this morning and got about half by six and questioned my life decisions but um this has got to continue. I don't know if this is a one off. And my inkling says it is a one off and stock were actually maybe just really bad. Um and we took advantage of it. So there's a big question mark, which is a hmm in itself, um, over whether this is just a stay of execution uh before it goes back to what it's been like recently. Uh but I hope not. I hope not. Uh Ross, what's yours?
1: A bit on the same lines. Um, just worried about how many chances we conceded today. Even though you know we did create a lot of chances ourselves. Um, we're desperate for that midfielder just to give the, the team a bit more protection, and yeah. So that was my hmm. The amount of chances we, we managed to give away to a team that, let's be honest, weren't that great. I don't think. Um. So yeah, we need to. We can't be doing that against Borough, let's be honest, because they will punish us.
0: Right? Yours. Hmm. <laughs>
2: <four>. <laughs> yeah. Um I d I don't really think I have one. Um maybe what what, what is gonna be Timothy Pembele's role in the team? Hmm it's like he's played, he played a fucking, leaning if a full half of Rotherham. Um, and he's just sort of been in and out, but like when I've seen him, I've not really been blown away by him. I just don't know what he's going to bring. Look, yeah. it's early to judge, it's barely to judge, but I'm sort of like,
0: mm-hmm. He's just there, isn't he? At the minute. Yeah. I, I, I just, he's not
2: going to displace Hume or Seal in current form. It's just sort of like, Hmm. You there? If they get injured, right, we'll we'll see what you're about. But
0: I think one week we're gonna have. our hmm. as Trey? Hmm. Um. Yeah.
3: I'm. Oh, sorry. Uh. Lee. <laughs> Lee. What's your Trey? Hmm. The. It's kind of what like Brad said. There is like if Dan Ballard is suspended for next week, do you bring in a quite clearly not fit Timothy Pembelli? in it right back and move sail across the centre back or the uh bring in Triannis is mine. Completely uh, forgot that he was a thing.
0: I completely forgot that we've got an Australian centre half that just kicking about on the bench all the time. Um pleased you mentioned it and I remember he exists. Hope you well Nick um miss you from the Birmingham game uh one goal more than Hamir this season. Um oh, I know. Transfer prediction before we go. Uh longer than I expected tonight, but that's all right. Um I want you to pick one player that's going to come in, one player that's going to leave. Um I'll start with one player I think is going to come in. I think we will sign Kifamur. I think we'll push the ball out. I think he'll come in uh, I'd be really surprised unless the injury, because he's got a problem with his knee, I'd be really surprised if Matete doesn't move out, either permanently or on loan I don't think he's McBeal's kind of player, I think he's not going to get a chance at the club I think there's an argument to say we've outgrown him a tad I think he'll go out and there is interest in him Um, from clubs you might expect uh, Ross what's your transfer in and transfer out transfer in
1: I just have a suspicion that we'll go for that I forgot his name is it Rasukya so- Sook- Sook- from Palace because we, mm. we were interested in we were interested in the summer he's a winger we're clearly looking at a winger if we're wanting to look at our come back he isn't getting in the palace team. And it's one that I think would could potentially revisit. So something like that. I forgot his name, but he was brilliant at Charlotte Money. So he's pretty Ra-
0: he, Raksaki.
1: Raksaki, that's a guy. And my prediction for leaving is himir will join some Portuguese Premier League team on loan. Right, choose.
2: I have to pick one because I had two Um, I'm going to remain positive we'll get Ahmad back Uh I'm going to put some positivity in there Uh my other one's more realistic but I'll I'll leave it Um, and I think Hemir will go out on loan because he's one for the future apparently and he might come good but he is not going to get any better. Start picking splinters out of his
0: ass. Nah, he's not. Lee, final word. Uh, who's your definitely going to come in and who's your most likely going to go out?
3: Like Brad, I've got two, but I'm going to go with the uh, adventurous one. I think we'll get Sydney Van Houdon on loan from Bologna. Oh. For Rachel Romano put out that E. He- on your all on and the loan amount because of our two strikers. And um, we were interested in the summer, so it might be possibly something we revisit. And my out, probably small more wishful thing in than the actual thingy, but I think Bradley Dack will end up going somewhere
0: else. It is interesting. I mean, he's just, his hamstrings going to keep him out for a while, whether or not... I think he, I think he might have been gone by now if it wasn't for... The injury, but that injury is worse than I think a normal hamstring because, of course, it is like he's obviously got injury issues. So I think any knock he gets tends to be six weeks rather than two weeks. But how um, annoying is
1: it though that like out of all of the players, Mowbray got in, and inherited that he wants to take Pritchard back, and we're left with fucking Bradley Dax one hamstring. Like it's shitner. It, it actually, just it's kind of our looking isn't it? Though?
0: It's on television. Popular? No, no, I, I. I believe in Bradley Dak. I'm gonna put it out there. I believe surely Olivia oh,
3: Atwood surely Olivia Atwood has enough money just to pay him off so we can like to keep him going so we can just pay him up, pay off his contract and just me and know. Bradley Dak will always have Southampton.
0: Right?
2: We'll uh, I, I told you when he signed. I said he's always gonna only ever gonna be the second best Bradley inside that stage, of my life.
0: On that note your light's just gone off by the way that was quite hilarious (laughs) at the exact same time uh another long episode something's never boring uh it's nicer though when we're boring and got three points in the bag let's hope that continues next week let's hope that today's podcast today's performance from the lads and everything that was today is a regular thing not a flash in the pan and if it's not and if it is we'll be about either way um on, subscribe if you really, really want to. But just unsubscribe if you think this episode's been shite. I can not just be positive, can I? Anyway, lads, thanks very much. Cheers.
1: Cheers everyone.
0: Be loud everyone.
1: Bradley. Brad.